0: Super interesting interview with Keith from Solace Cremations. Would you go direct cremation? Would you go for your loved one? Would you tune in online? Welcome to the Glam Reaper podcast. The Glam Reaper podcast is where we talk about life, love and loss there is yes massive input from the funeral industry because that is the world that I live in and so we do have a guest today Keith who is also in that industry so we will get into that later but welcome and yeah this is the Glam Reaper podcast and please tell us Keith who are you where are you from and what you do
1: yeah thanks so much Jennifer it's great to meet you finally Face to face almost. Yes. In real, oh. in real time. <laughs> yeah, my name is Steve Crawford. I uh, I live in Portland, Oregon. Sun is out here, which is pretty remarkable, but we have we have pretty nice summers in Portland. I am a co-founder and CEO of a company called Solace. We are a cremation business, brand new cremation business. We we launched about two years ago here in Portland. And I can get into my backstory if that's interesting. But yeah, we are we are a startup trying to reimagine based on some personal experience that we went through, losing a parent, the co-founder David and I each lost a parent, went through a, a fairly traditional, formal funeral home experience and felt like there's got to be a better way, a simpler way to, to handle this for folks. So that's our goal with Solace. We, we launched in Portland, as I said. In 2019, we expanded up to Washington State and and then we're now in california as well los angeles amazing so we are a classic startup hair on fire constant roller coaster of of emotions and it's been a lot of work but it's been really great to to see what we thought would help families actually end up ha- help happening and helping families right which is great that was our goal all along
0: and tell us keith what exactly is solace cremation so what what's different from what you experienced or what sort of what i call joe blogs on the street what they might be experiencing now
1: yeah part part of that answer is is based in the in the kind of genesis of solace which is David and I both were at Nike, which is here in Portland. We were creative directors and designers there at Nike for a long time and and old friends. We left Nike in 2017 to set up our own little creative agency. We had grand ambitions of working very little and and making a lot of money and and having great clients. We didn't have any clients at the beginning. So we, we started thinking about business ideas of our own or opportunities for impact in areas of our own that we thought of. And I mentioned to him my, the experience I had with losing my dad and going through that experience. And I felt like the funeral home itself could use a makeover. I felt like our first idea was to reimagine the funeral home of the future, much more less gloomy, less old-fashioned, tech-enabled, et cetera. And he had lost his mom. He's from England. David had lost his mom and gone through a similar experience. So we set out. To, we set out to reimagine the funeral home, was our first inclination. And then we quickly realized that by and large, people are choosing cremation over burial, especially in the West Coast. It's north of 70, 75 percent of people are choosing cremation and less people looking for a full all in kind of funeral at home experience, which is casket, cemetery plot, marker, service, etc., for a lot of money. So we said, OK, there's still an opportunity here to kind of reimagine the experience for the family. And based on all of our training and experience at nike we felt like there's an opportunity here to reorient in our minds reorient the whole experience towards the family and just try to eliminate most of the pain points for them along the way you know if you've not been through if you've not lost anyone you've not been through this before it's pretty daunting we hear this all the time with families we're serving they don't know what to do they're sort of thrown a curveball can be very emotional you know it's a tough time and tough emotional time for a lot of folks so we said, okay, we can still, if cremation is the, is, the, is the prevailing choice here and people want a simple, easy way to handle that, let's just do that. So we basically put together a very simple website, which manages the experience in just a handful of minutes. People can, can sort of do it all online or call us or do a combination of both online and, and on the phone and plan and pay for and book a cremation through Solace. So that's, that's sort of the, the nuts and bolts of the business It's just a very simple, we have one product, one service, direct cremation only. We are one flat price. Another thing that we felt like was very strange about the industry by and large, and not, of course, not everyone, of course, is in the same boat, but lots of just, you know, sort of crazy pricing and, 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 and in some cases, predatory upselling of, of families to things they may not want or need. And so we said, let's eliminate all of that. Again, our, our goal is just to simplify the process for people. So we just made it super easy. So we offer we offer cremation. The way it works is we we have the, the funeral director and a care team on our on our staff. So we have an amazing group of people who, who answer the phones 24-7 and they handle the family, they answer all the questions as you know as they come in. We like to think of it as a concierge-level service for families to help them through this moment and this time. And then we work with a, a cremation center partner in each of our markets that does the cremation for us as a white label partnerships on behalf of Solace. So it's a really nice model because we can spend our time and energy and focus on the family and family comfort and ease of the process and educating them on how this works and what they should expect and how long it should take, et cetera. And the rest is just amazing service on the back end. So it's a very simple model and we feel like it's, it's catching on. The people are looking for different alternatives here. And certainly if, you, if you've chosen burial as your choice, that you, we're not a service for you. And if you want a bigger dental service or memorial or something like, like a, a traditional funeral home would, would offer, we're not that either. But we are an alternative for folks who are just looking for a simple solution here. And you know, we, we realized early on, and we, and we continue to remind ourselves this, We cannot make the loss any easier and and take away grief. That is not our goal. Our goal is to make this part of the loss a lot easier. Right. It's less confusing. And one of the best compliments we hear from families all the time is you gave me a lot of time back to be with my family, to grieve, to work through my grief, because you made this part of the process super simple. You don't have to go into a funeral home. Paperwork is all digitized, can be done really quickly. And again, great service on the back end. So we have uh, very proud of our all five star reviews on Google and all the markets we're in so far. So yeah, our our goal was it was a lofty one and we still are are aiming towards it, but it's just trying to help people kind of demystify this world because I think a lot of people go into a funeral experience thinking this is going to be confusing, complicated, expensive, and we're just trying to not have it be that. Right. Does that make sense?
0: Yeah, no, 100%. Absolutely. Yeah. I completely understand it. I mean, it's part of how I came into it, although we came into it at slightly different angles. But yeah, I do, and actually I did a, a podcast earlier this year with, I guess, somebody similar to you guys, but in Canada. And I'm sure you probably, Irene was the name. Yes, very similar to Solace, yes. yeah. Yeah, lovely, lovely one. So, yeah, I definitely think it's the way of the future. And, I mean, the same questions I asked her is... Essentially, what you've done is you've taken it out of the funeral home and put it online. Right. Right without. That. That's right. Do, they, yeah. do, they, do the family ever get to physically meet a person?
1: Well, obviously, when, depending on where the person passes away. So if someone passes away at home, right, we have. Uh, first call team, which is what that's called when we go to retrieve the loved one and take them into our care is called the first call. So we have a first call team that does that. Of course, there's physical interaction with humans at that point. If your loved one has passed away at a hospital, maybe slightly different or at a hospice, you know, each facility is slightly different. But certainly we have, we have human connection in that way. What we don't have is a traditional brick and mortar funeral home that you would go to to do an arrangement and pick out a casket, and pick out an urn and do the paperwork by hand, that sort of thing. We just felt like, again, back to the beginning, we just felt like that's not necessary. If you've chosen cremation and you don't want all the bells and whistles, you don't need to go to a funeral home. And in our experience, when we did go to the funeral home, we were sitting through a sales pitch of a lot of things we didn't necessarily want or need. And you're kind of in a funky spot anyway. (laughs) <laughs> typically, so we just felt like I mean, not put it harshly, but you know, some of these experiences we hear from folks are, are more like buying a used car than dealing with a loved one, and we just wanted to eliminate all of that. So we, yeah, there, there is what, what I would say though, because we get this question a lot, is about this is not the goal was never to make a cold digital kind of Amazon of death. This is not a one click algorithm driven business. We have an amazing team on the back end of funeral directors and care team members that work with the family. It's just not done in person. So we do it on the phone, text, chat, all of those things, email, if people prefer that, whatever whatever the family chooses, we go where they want to go. And it's just a much simpler choice. So for example, in my dad's case, he passed away in 2013, tripped to the funeral home to sort of set up the arrangements. He'd already prepaid and pre-planned everything, but we still had to go through the sort of kind of weird sales pitch and lots of paperwork and then a second visit to the funeral home to pick up his ashes, his remains. So it was two kind of long, painful trips to the funeral home. When in, our, in our model, neither of those are necessary. We hand deliver the remains to you in our service area, or we can ship them to you if you're outside of one of our service cities. So yeah, it's just, it's, we just tried to simplify the whole thing, take out all the, the nonsense.
0: And you're in six states?
1: No, we're in three states now. Yeah, I mean that. Yeah, it's a classic startup, as I said, yeah. and it's you know it's one of the things that we w- we wanted to do this really carefully, and and we want to grow, but we want to grow at at the right pace, and by that I mean we want to make sure that every family that comes to us is obsessed and treated as as good as possible, and so we are not out to just take over you know a land grab of state after state after state and gobble up cities. We want to make sure that each family that comes to solace is treated really well at a very high level which means we're growing slower than probably a lot of people would think we might but that's okay because we know if done right that at the end of the day our our service is our product so our service levels are very high we want to maintain those And we think if done right, this business can grow and be around for a long time, if done right. And people start
0: to recognize that. Right. And also what some people, some of our listeners might not realize as well is in America, state by state is very different. So you have to have a legal funeral director in each state and the paperwork might be slightly different as well. And there's so there's different regulations. So it's not like you can just say, right, we're starting in Oregon and we're taking over the world.
1: Right yeah, we have to be licensed in each state. We have to have a funeral director licensed in that state. Obviously, paperwork is is different by state. so it's it's that part is pretty complicated. yes. but we're, we're into our third state now. California is the biggest cremation market in the country by far. Yeah. no surprise there. yeah. So we thought, okay, let's let's start in Portland, which is kind of small and in our backyard. Let's make sure this idea will work, which we think it is. Let's go to Seattle, which is a bigger city but very similar to Portland in a lot of ways. And then let's go to California because it's on the same time zone. It's it's a, a giant market. We felt like if, if we can kind of get a foothold down there and, and get people to understand what we're trying to do, we we might have a business there, and that's that's working really well. But you're right; it is a state by state sort of
0: yeah, as kind of
1: slow growth. As I, yeah, as I call it, which makes it makes it difficult, but that's okay. Yeah,
0: as I call it, the non United States yeah. of America. <laughs>
1: Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. What is unite? It's funny too because they you know they it's a very old fashioned business you know and it's and it's just not it's not really evolved over the decades. So we're dealing with county clerk offices that are still working on fax machines yes. and you know telephone and, and paper billing and paper checks and that sort of thing. So we're navigating a quite old industry that we're trying to modernize yes. in our own little way. It's a quite yeah.
0: antiquated industry, and it, that's it's interesting it is. that you yeah. have come from Nike. But I just want to touch on what you're talking about there, the antiquation of the industry, because it is really old-fashioned and what you're doing is new and obviously bringing the experience from the funeral home online, which is where everybody is these days. And, you know, unfortunately, you can't grow exponentially because of this state-by-state BS, nearly, I call it. Like, there's lots of things that haven't changed in the industry. Like, for example, cremation in and of itself, right? So you've got, you had burial. Burial is kind of on the way out, as far as I'm concerned. It's like the uh, the typewriter, yeah, yeah. you know, and cremation... Even, you know, the EPA, like, are saying cremation is one of the top 50 pollutants, you know, in the world. And yet, like, what did we do? We just brought in new abatement. Like, we just changed it slightly. So, like, what's... To me, cremation itself has to change a bit more. I mean, and I know there's all these green burials and the composting and I, you know, alkaline hydrolysis and stuff like that. But yeah, I don't know what like right. what about that part of it as well? Because isn't that huge? And you know, nobody's made a movement on that yet. So,
1: yeah, it's a, it's a great question. We t- we talk about this and hear this a lot. So, our philosophy from the beginning was. We will offer whatever families want from us in terms of disposition choice. So if they said to us, all of a sudden they wanted uh, body composition or alkaline hydrolysis, we would add that or, or shift to that model. Right now, the prevailing choice is natural gas cremation, which is, as you said, not great for the environment. We buy carbon offsets for all of our cremations, which I know doesn't completely counteract the negative impact, but it's something. We're also talking to a couple of our partners about containment or you know uh, carbon emission containment of cremation which I think is not even happening yet but it's it's done in, in some manufacturing industrial capacities so there's there's an idea there as well which would be better but we're in this transition mode I think in the US for sure most people are choosing cremation that number is going up every year across every single state but it's still not completely focused on cremation so I just think it will take a while for people to get comfortable with some of these newer ideas out there. But if people start, like I said, if people said to us, we want to do an alternative to cremation, which is this, and enough people came to us and said that we would offer that because our, our goal again, all along is, to, is just to help people. And if people want that, we will offer that. So we have we have no bias towards cremation. It currently is the sort of default choice for folks. And we do what we can to, to minimize the impact of that. Right. But we're keeping a close eye. Yeah. We've, we've talked to Katrina Spade at Recomposed in Seattle several times. We have alkaline hydrolysis connections. We're talking to those folks. We're keeping a close eye on those things and okay. we'll, we'll follow their lead. Right. For so, sure. So
0: your company, Solace Cremations, doesn't actually own any crematoriums. It's just more the service.
1: That's right. Yeah. We, w- we would probably ultimately love to have our own cremation facilities so we could control the entire sort of experience for the family it would be far easier than having partners in each place. But we felt like you know one of, one of the early meetings we had here in Portland was a gentleman who runs a cremation center here, there's two in Portland and you know he said, I am an expert at cremation but what I'm not good at or I don't want to do is handle the family marketing paperwork funeral directing funeral arranging so we said okay there's a, a possible marriage here where they're experts at that we can be experts in the family and together these things will work really well and it's it's proven to it's proven to be a really good model these partners are really highly vetted by our team they have very high service level agreements with us. So we close eye on what they're doing, obviously, and they're not part of our business necessarily, literally, but they are a white label partner and we see them as that. So when a, a first call team shows up at a, at a family's house, they say they're representing Solace, which was part of our goal. So it's it's not our, our direct team, but sort of an extended part of our team.
0: Right. And obviously, this is a quite topical amongst industry, but are those partners, and you don't have to divulge who anybody is or anything, or if you, unless you want to, but are those partners mom and pops? Are they the SCIs of the world? Or would that be the level you'd be seeking to get to? Because obviously they're in every state.
1: Yeah, uh, yeah, an- another good question. They're all mom and pops, independent businesses. That's not to say we wouldn't, you know, partner with someone bigger than that. I think it's interesting. We talk about this all the time because one of the things that we hear from families is that the local funeral home that I used to know and trust and go to, and my grandparents went there or whatever, is now part of a big corporate enterprise. It was bought up years ago or recently, and it's it's not the same. It's different ownership, different management, different pricing, et cetera. And so we are, we're obviously, you know, we're aware of that shift you know, as independent funeral homes become acquired and aggregated into bigger enterprises and owned by other people. But we ourselves want to grow and become a bigger company. So we have to make sure that we are we are like I like I said earlier, we want to make sure that the service we provide is is at the highest level possible, even though we can potentially be in, you know, 15, 20, 30, 40, all 50 states at some point. So we don't want to feel like a big corporate soulless Brand or company that's come into your neighborhood to scoop up business from the local businesses there, so it's a, it's an interesting dynamic. You know, we're so far we're doing okay because we're pretty small and, and we're just growing really carefully and strategically. But we do think about that quite a lot. Yeah, it's it's a journey. Doing a startup is a journey. Yeah. Things change. Things come your way. We did not expect at all when we built. As an example, we didn't expect COVID or a pandemic to be be happening but when the model shifted from people not wanting to go anywhere in person to a funeral home that's for sure and sadly you know quite a few more people died especially in, in places like Los Angeles we felt very happy and proud, and you know there was pride on the team to be able to serve families and help them in a tough time with a solution like Solace that we kept going even though the the situation down there was pretty dire in in LA earlier this year. Yeah. So it's a partnerships is a big deal for us. Growth is a big deal for us, but we just want to make sure we do it really carefully. We've got a great team, leadership team that, that's handling all of that, so we feel really good about where we're headed.
0: Yeah will be i mean unless you've got spare pocket change of i don't even know how much a a cremation machine is going for these days (laughs) yeah i'd say it's not short of a million dollars so you know as a startup, i'm sure you don't have that cash just lying around but it probably would be either a next best step for you or you know partnering with somebody that's in every other state i guess but just in terms of what you guys provide so and just to kind of talk everybody through it so when you arrive at say a home we'll just say for example the person passed away at home your team arrives does the body get put into a casket at all any sort of a container what you know if you can take us through the exact steps and and do you offer which i don't think you do but just do you offer any form of service option at all for the
1: yeah, there's a few questions in there. So the process is really very simple and, and, it, and it's kind of standard across the board, which is depending on where the person passes away, if it's at home, there's two people that come from the team to, to handle the removal, the, the first, we call it the first call, dealing with the family and making sure that the loved one is, is taken care of carefully as possible, and then transported immediately to the facility, the holding facility. We don't offer currently what's called a watched placement, which is people viewed cremation or a viewing ahead of cremation, which is a, a more complicated option. Some people ask us for that. We probably have, you know, five or 10 percent of the people who call us are looking for that. So it's not a huge number. But really, our, you know, and, and your, your comment about services is something we think about and talk about all the time. And I think we'll ultimately get to a place where we either partner with someone who does great memorials and services and and bespoke events for people as part of what we offer to families. But we're not doing that now. We wanted to focus on the core business. Our our goal was to, if you think about the, the sort of moment of someone passing, there's the before, which is preparation, having a tough conversation, making some decisions, getting your ducks in a row, planning, et cetera, paperwork. The cremation itself which we call the during which we're handling now and then the after which is obviously after and we uh, are are launching a line of urns that we've designed ourselves uh, in a couple of weeks they're going to be up on the website and so we're starting to think about both before and after the passing what we can offer to families what we don't want to do is kind of replicate the funeral home model which is out there which is quite a lot of stuff to navigate through there's jewelry there's there's urns there's thumbprints there's all kinds of things that you're kind of shown as things that are options and we just want to make sure that the fam- if the families are asking for that we'll we'll curate a small list of partners that we think might be worth working with for the most part we just want to focus on the main part of of the cremation and then we'll go both before and after. So we're talking to partners in, in, in the world of preparation and pre-arrangement and even pre, pre-funding. Not a pre-need contract per se, but a different version of that. And then after in terms of urns, we think there's an opportunity for urns. Memorials in some in some way, shape or fashion which is virtual or in-person or you know, some incredible bespoke events that, that people think about and, and want to do for their loved one. And obituaries, and you know, there's a, there's a lot of room for us to grow. We just want to stay focused on the core business and the families and then build from there, if that makes sense. So we're not quite there yet, but I can imagine a solace in a year from now where we have things ahead of more, more robust planning tools and preparation tools available great cremation service that we're offering now and then a few things after the passing that we can offer people for sure and i know you're in that business you're in, you're in the after business so we should talk
0: i am, the after. <laughs> I am definitely the after yeah. yeah no absolutely that was actually one of my questions was do you know of the the clientele you've had so far do you know have they gone off to do something themselves whether it was in a church or in a venue or something or do they and I know we're obviously coming out of probably the worst year to be asking a question like this and you are a star yeah. But So, you know, maybe a year from now we'll have a more solid answer. But you know, I even know myself that I'm getting a lot of families coming back and on the anniversary they want to do something because they couldn't do it. So I'm just, you know, curious, right. do you experience people sort of saying on the phone Thank you so much for this. This is brilliant. You know, now I'm going to do something else, or maybe they don't even tell you. I don't know. Like, I just, just wondering.
1: Yeah, we do. We do hear from some people. I think the idea COVID, as you said, kind of derailed the norm. So that's, I think, once hopefully this passes and people get back to being able to do things in person, it will, it will, it will change again, probably back to some sort of new normal, right? But I think the what we do hear from people is that they really want to do something different not traditional we've heard things happening like a pub crawl for one of the families one of the guy the guy that passed away his mates got together and did a pub crawl we've heard of hikes with families and picnics and so there's a lot of really interesting things happening that people are just doing on their own that may or may not be COVID related i sort of feel like that that's probably the new normal which is and we talk about it at solace all the time do we need to think about helping families after the passing more like an event planner or a wedding planner and help them put together an amazing bespoke luncheon, dinner, trip, hike, whatever it is, and help them plan that because they feel at a loss. We're not doing that now. The other thing that people ask us about, which we don't offer, but we're working on a solution is just a simple obituary because people don't really know what to do with that. And the idea of getting a newspaper, an obit in a newspaper is a little old fashioned. So we think, okay, there's there's some people out there doing online obituaries that are, that are pretty good that we're speaking to about potentially partnering and offering that for folks. So, you know, we're, we're going where people are asking us to go and we're helping them, we're helping them solve those needs as we go. And we'll, I think we'll get there, but I'm, I'm really inspired and encouraged by the creativity that people are, are showing in non-traditional memorials and celebrations of life. I have another friend who is, he's young, he's in his forties and he, He's already set aside a, a separate bank account for his kids. He's got 3 kids and he wants them to travel when he passes away. He wants them to take this money and travel to some of his favorite places in the world as as a celebration of him and his life. And I thought, "Well, that's that's such a great idea and very non-traditional and unique." And is there is there more out there that we're not even aware of that we think we can help people either find or, or point someone to or partner with someone to help us uh, deliver that. So, yeah, I think it's wide open. And I think COVID kind of blew the doors off any kind of norm. We don't we don't hear much many people asking us, hey, I'd love to go to a funeral home and have a service. I think that feels that not not to knock those, of course, I have to be careful that I don't do that. But I just think fewer, fewer people looking for that. And I think COVID probably didn't help.
0: Yeah. But, it's it's, yeah, yeah. it's uh, funny that you say that because there's a Getty Images photographer who did exactly that. He got cremated and he asked his friends and family to travel to. Certain places, and to deposit some of his ashes in those places, he would stay all over the world. And like there is, there's so many innovative ways. I mean, I know when I sit down with a family, and I mean, I started this. It's over ten years ago now. This concept of it doesn't have to be this way. It's more about holding somebody's hand to help them through what's right for them. So, like a lot of the time, I'll sit there in front of a family, and they'll be like, "Well, what should I do? What's the average? What does?" what does the service look like? What does, you know, they have a hundred questions, but essentially when you ask the right questions, you'll find that the family can answer what it is that they want themselves for themselves, whether it's traveling all over the world, which, you know, for my, if you like bread and butter job, especially here in New York, that would do me out of the job, but I'd be happier to see them put that together and decide that's what they want to do than you know, to have them, because then- If I'm just going to advertise that, oh, now you have to do a memorial in a venue and we're going to do this and this and this, then I'm almost just replacing the funeral home. And while like you touched on there, it's not that what you and I and all these other innovative death care people are trying to do, I don't think anyway, is to replace the funeral home. It's that that's not for everybody anymore. We've evolved as human beings, you know, and we've evolved from the horse and cars to Tesla cars. And, you know, every other industry is getting affected by tech and by innovation. And so it was only a matter of time. But the funeral industry went online, became more tech focused, got more options. The only fear I have, Keith, is that, as I said, I've been doing this for 10 years and it started off sort of with me becoming a wedding planner for funerals and then writing my book and, you know, spoken on on various different radio and TV shows about it. I have a certain wealth of knowledge that Joe Public on the street doesn't have, right? And so do you, you know, that's what we've become experts in what we do. But I've also been approached by so many different companies to either be a brand ambassador or a part of their company, et cetera, et cetera. And I see them come and I see them go. And that is one of the things I have a fear of is that like, even you just kind of mentioned it there, the obituary website. I know so many of those and it just... eh, so many new startups and it's like it's not to deter a startup but it's like it just breaks my heart that especially with the industry in for that you know any startup and I'm not saying this is yours because it sounds like it's it's doing credible but for the online those websites it's that like say for example my dad my poor parents have been killed over a hundred times with the way I talk about them but say my dad died and I wanted to do an obituary or for him online and I do that and in 10 years time that that was a startup is now gone like and what happens to that like we are a lot more transient as a society and there's so many new apps and there's something new every day and as I said like I've been approached about so many of them myself and so I do worry that because we're moving away from that brick and mortar funeral home that we are almost dispersing too much That, that it's a fear I have that things will get lost and we won't have those, you know, like we'd always have a a box of old photos up in the attic and that was physically where they were only ever going to be. Now, you know, if I die, when I die, you know, you've Instagram, you've Facebook, I'm all over the place. And so how does my family ever collect all of that? And it's constantly evolving. I mean, I've, I've done Talks and blog pieces, and, and spoken to people about our digital legacy. And you know, I know I'm talking about a million different things right now, but it's so wide. What when we die, it's so wide. We've got physical, we've got digital, it's just spiritual. It's just there's so much that, yeah, it's just one of my fears for the industry. And I, I just hope it finds its way back again, in a sense, you know, and whether that is through a service like yours and a service like mine and a service like pre-planning online and it becomes more concrete this mm-hmm. we go to.
1: No you, you bring up a great point we, we talk about that a lot and in fact one of the reasons we've not done any kind of formal partnerships with anyone really is that we're, we have the same concern you do that is they're small they're a startup great idea but This could not be around in a year, and we'd hate to have our families be stuck with either a dead end of something or something that's gone away. So we share your concern. I'm not sure the solution there. I do think the survival of the fittest and best and brightest ideas will rise to the top and succeed here, but it's going to take a while for that to kind of work its way through. One of the things that we, when we started Solace was this idea of, and we're we're a long ways from this, by the way. But we felt like there's not a brand in end of life that people can relate to. Of course, SEI is out there and FPG and some of these big guys, but even those aren't really consumer brands. And so the idea of creating a brand, whether it's Solace or somebody else, that becomes a resource for all these things that people feel like they can rely on and they can trust. And it's, a, and it's a great educational tool for them and a great service, potentially, if that's what they're looking for. So we we would love to be that solution for people in a few years that people know about who we are and what we offer and we can do everything from before, during and after. At least curate a list of partners that are vetted and, and substantial and know what they're doing and will be along be around for the long haul. So we we think that way too. We're we're also a little skittish and, and hesitant to do that, but we need to keep pushing, you know, like we both said, this is such an old fashioned industry that every every corner we come around, we in- encounter some kind of archaic rule or law or regulatory issue that we need to get past and, and push on because, you know, the families are asking for different things and they're looking for different things. So I think it's exciting. It's It doesn't make it easy, but it's an exciting time to be working in this space because there is so much interest. There's a, a large group of people uh, trying to attack different parts of end of life and, and innovate on behalf of families. So that's really encouraging. But yeah, it's gonna take some work to get all these all these things connected. And in our mind, the perfect solution would be the family doesn't have to do a lot. They don't have to jump from business A to business B to business C to take care of something like we're talking about. So there's probably an idea out there where it's it's more connected for families and it becomes a, an ecosystem that's that's basically one stop and they can kind of do a lot in one place
0: yeah we need the um, yeah. the mcdonald's or the starbucks or the nike of the funeral industry really yeah exactly yeah it's true because you know as you as you said it's the the, the big players we know are really behind the scenes and so there's no there's no yeah. iconic brand as of yet in the funeral business yeah you know we're working
1: to become that brand but it's gonna it's gonna take some more time take
0: some time well it is interesting actually because i don't know if you're going to the nfda this year in uh, nashville in october but the uh, another gentleman that i interviewed on my podcast justin oh yeah i know
1: justin from santa fe yeah
0: so he's parting stone and i think i'm
1: parting stone i think
0: i'm after making up his last name but anyway justin who's lovely and we actually met and you know we kind of he's one of probably 50 that i could definitely say that are at that stage where we're kind of the new generation in the funeral industry and we're wanting to make changes and in some ways I feel like no one of us can do this alone. And I do sometimes kind of think that it'd be, if all of us came together, that's how we might actually be able to make a change and stand up to the bigger players and actually be able to create that brand. Because I think solo as a startup, it's just, you know, it's just so hard. And so, yeah, it's definitely interesting. And I guess we watch this space, but listen, I better wrap it up.
1: Watch this space. Yeah. I mean, like I can say it's, it's super exciting that there's there's so much new thinking in this space. And, and we, we are proud to be part of that as well as you and some others out there who are doing some really interesting, innovative things. Yeah. And it's great. And we're, we connect and talk to a lot of those people regularly to see what they're up to and see if there's ways for us to work together. Good. So that's exciting. Yeah,
0: absolutely. Well, thank you so much for chatting with me, Keith. And we will watch this space. So Solace Cremations, we're going to leave all the links (laughs) on our podcast so there'll be people will be able to check it out you're not at the pre-planning stage yet but if they still want to check it out and just see ahead of time or if they're in the industry and they might want to check you out and in one of those states so you're in california portland
1: yep southern california oregon and washington yeah we're gonna launch san diego county next week end of next week we'll be in san diego so
0: amazing
1: it's exciting exciting times
0: well the best of luck with everything and i'll keep me posted yeah you too well that was a super interesting interview with keith from solace cremations Would you go direct cremation? Would you go for your loved one? Would you tune in online and fill out all your paperwork as opposed to a funeral home? We'd love to hear from you. So just let us know, glamreperpodcast at gmail.com. If you've got a story yourself of how direct cremation either worked or did not work for you, we'd love to hear from you. So please get in touch and otherwise stay tuned because next week we will have another exciting guest. So we look forward to talking to you again soon. Ciao for now.